We thank Anchor for making this podcast possible. For all your recording needs, go to Anchor with Spotify. Anchor has helped us record, do a recording studio where we can record even when we're separated, and a whole lot of more really, really cool things. Thank you for listening. We're back. As you can probably tell, we the plan to get it Friday, Saturday, Sunday didn't work, but we're back on Monday to talk a little bit about the draft, baseball, and more hockey. So the draft ended on Saturday with the Seahawks trading back, picking an offensive lineman, and then no, trading back, getting a cornerback, trading up, and getting a an offensive lineman. And they've been active in undrafted, undrafted free agency so far. Um, now that I look at it, and it's a few days removed from the draft, well, maybe the Dwayne Eskridge pick doesn't really still makes sense. It's starting to look better and better. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, now that you think about it, that's two second-round picks and a third-round pick for your wide receiver core. That's pretty good. Um, so what was the most surprising thing for you in the draft now that it's all said and done? Um, I don't know yet. I didn't look at the draft at all. The, so... For me, I think a few surprising things were Michael Carter was still on the board for he was in the board till the fourth on the board till the fourth round, which was surprising. And there were a few other things. I'm just blanking on them right now. But I was listening to Pete Carroll's press conference like after they we're done with the draft. And a topic that came up a lot in the end was Richard Sherman possibly returning to Seattle. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I don't like him at all. If he comes back, I'm going to be mad. But um, uh, And it's not a smart move either. He's been tearing apart the team. I think there are some upsides and there are some downsides. Mostly downsides. Well, so most of the cornerbacks on the Seahawks were on the 49ers when Richard Sherman was on the 49ers. So 
they have some chemistry already built. But with the undrafted free agent and the Seahawks making moves and the cornerback that they drafted, he could provide some insight on what to and not to do on like on certain coverages and stuff. But then there's the downside of him not being such a great person and like trash talking, but it doesn't that it's not officially happening yet. It's not like, and it's not like, Oh, there it's a good chance. It's just up in the air right now because the Seahawks, I'd well, Pete Carroll said he has a good relationship with Richard Sherman. Everything's good there with them. But what I'm just trying to think of worst case scenario, and it's not looking good because, well, worst case scenarios are never good. <laughs> but I, I've enjoyed the no drama these past few years after they've gotten rid of drama. Yeah. Like, not having to worry about a whole bunch. Like, the worst you've had to do is Russell Wilson trying to tell the team what to do. That's it. I mean, if that's the worst that happens, sign me up. And if that means no cornerback that's been to the Pro Bowl many times has won a Super Bowl with this organization and can provide some insight, that's okay. Just please keep the drama low. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't like about the Seahawks. To be honest, if if Russell Wilson even did move, then I would just stop rooting for the Seahawks and root for that team because it's just – I'm not a fan of the city. I'm not a fan of most of the players. It's it's gotten to the point where there's only you can only root for the good people in the game. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. Yeah, and I think that's a good testament to what the Seahawks have done. They've in their Super Bowl era, they had a lot of negative energy. When they've drafted and added free agents, I think one of the biggest things they've looked at is locker room. Yep. I think that's part of the reason why they didn't want to bring Earl Thomas back in the middle of all this. Like He was asking for a contract, and everyone was like, just sign him already. He's a good player. And here he is, the Texans players. Yeah. I I didn't look into it much, but they kept him out of the locker room. They didn't want him on the team. Yeah. I can see why. So after the draft, a lot of places have done power rankings for all 32 teams 
So on average, guess where I saw the Seahawks after the updated draft on a scale of 1 to 32? Uh, 1 being the best, 32 being the worst. 10? On average, I saw them about like 7 and – well, no, 6 and a half-ish, which – and – Now, there were, in every single one, there was an asterisk where the Seahawks could move up because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. Right now, most people have the Packers up if Aaron Rodgers stays. But if Aaron Rodgers leaves, Aaron Rodgers leaves, goes straight down. And... I'm just going to give a really random theory on what's happening with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. other than the Madden curse. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, I think it w- I can't remember. Yeah. It would have been November of 2020. Alex Trebek passed away. And so they've been on Jeopardy, they've been doing guest hosts. And Aaron Rodgers is the guest host. And he had a relation with uh, with him? Well, Aaron Rodgers won the celebrity Jeopardy. Mm. And so maybe he's doing like he's thinking about quitting football so that he can host Jeopardy. Yeah, that is kind of random. But I, I see what you're talking about. I mean, I think it would be cool to see someone like that widely known. Yeah, it would be cool. And he is getting older, so maybe he'll do it when he's uh, – retired or maybe he or maybe someone else will replace him i don't know mm-hmm. who's the host now anybody famous uh they're only doing famous people i think the guest host is till Aaron rogers but it might be someone different now oh. um Bill Whitaker is the person who's hosting now. Are there any athletes that you would like to see hosting Jeopardy? Like Uh, any other? Uh, well, I'm not sure. Other than Richard Sherman's attitude, he's a really bright person, and I think it would make for an interesting show, but also, like, it wouldn't be horrible, and maybe it would bring out a new side of him, like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. But the other person I thought of, I don't know why, but I thought of Wayne Gretzky. He just seems like a smart person, calm, cool, and collected. 
Yeah, he just doesn't seem he doesn't seem talkative. That makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of Wayne Gretzky and hockey, have any other teams clinched since Friday? Okay, there's two differences. Okay, so the first difference is... Oh, actually, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two differences. Uh, The New York Islanders clinched and the Ottawa Senators are out. Okay. That's it. That. So, do you still think the Bruins are a. Yeah, Bruins are going to get there. It's Bruins versus Rangers. Rangers suck. Bruins are awesome. Bruins will win. And then the North Division is still very much up in the air. Are there any changes in who you think is going to get it? Uh, Jets. Oilers, maybe the Flames. Yeah, Jets, Oilers, Flames, and Leafs already, um, Leafs already made it, so, yeah, Jets, Oilers, Flames. So you think the Canadians will fall off? Yeah. And then you still think the Blues are going to get that fourth spot in the West? Uh, yeah, um... But there's still, it's still in the air with the Coyotes. The Coyotes could still get ahead of them. How about the Sharks? Are the Sharks still in? No, I mean, the Sharks and the Kings are still in, but I I seriously doubt they're going to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially the Sharks. The Sharks not- have hit a massive losing streak. And. Not to lose again. And, yeah, and their goal differential is. Bad. Very bad. Second worst in the league. Well, in the West Division. Mm. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you saw this or anything, but the the Kraken are now officially an NHL team and can start making moves. That's what I was going to say, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A couple of days ago, they, they, yeah, they can now make trades and stuff. But I think they're gonna wait for the draft for that. So, yes. Yeah, especially since they don't have any players. So if they traded for players, they would have to trade draft picks. Or if yeah. they traded for draft, well, they don't even know where they're picking yet, right? They haven't. The lottery hasn't come out yet. Yeah, and I wonder when the uh, the the expansion draft is, or if that's going to be part of it. We talked a little bit about this on the first episode, how Kale McCarr might want a, an extension, and like you're a bit worried that he might leave. Has anything happened with him yet? No, nothing. I, I think he's going to stay. It's still early in his career, but I mean, the, the, it feels like the, the, um, the, the salary cap is pretty close to being reached, but I don't know their salary that well, but it, it just seems that they have so many great players then that it's just, 
Mm-hmm. So, from the Avalanche, which players do you think for sure they're going to protect from the expansion draft? Uh, definitely. Uh, well, there were two. Well, okay, there are a few that are really loyal to the team and. Uh, well, so they went and trade McKinnon. There's, there's no reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Landeskog, there. He's the captain. He's been with them forever, I think. Um, uh, Rantanen, I, I, I don't think they're gonna trade him. Um, probably. Johnson, uh, yeah, they would, they, mm, yeah, yeah, okay, so the, the only I can think of that they would definitely keep is McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog. No goalkeepers? They wouldn't keep, well, like, protect, well. I don't see them absolutely protecting Grubauer or Dubnik. So the, those two are on the table. I remember the, I think I saw somewhere that like you have to protect, each team protects one goalkeeper. Uh, that's weird. Like each okay. team, it might just be like, that's what suggested. Keep one goalkeeper I think two defensemen, five forwards, and then three other skaters, I think. Okay. That's odd. So you don't think they would keep Makar? They would protect Makar? Yeah, I th- oh, yeah, yeah, Makar, Makar. Uh, yeah, they would protect Makar. I don't see Makar leaving. Especially since he's a young player and a good one, too. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference between the Avalanche and the Kings. The Avalanche have done a good job at drafting young and getting good young players. The Kings are relatively old and haven't done such a great job. Exactly. One of the oldest, uh, on average, team in the the league. Which is weird, because aren't they supposed to be rebuilding? Uh, Yeah, well, they are, but they... Um, they had a, a coach a couple years ago. He's the one who, um, he's the one who uh, let us won the two Stanley Cups that we did win, and he he didn't do so well in the later years. He he held on to some of his players too long. Um, so that's probably why we have an older team. Mm. That makes sense. It's time for the power play. All right. So now we get started with power play. Today we will do a four minute major. Or is that a minor? Four minute major, yeah. Four-minute major. Okay. 
So I ask Andrew four questions and he is literally forced to answer or else I will get John Cena into your house. Do, 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 do. All right. Question one. So since the Avalanche have already clinched the playoffs, what in the first round, who would you prefer they play against in the playoffs? Well, uh, if they get first place, then they go against last place um, in in the division. So, but then if the Blues go in, then I don't want to. I don't want them to face the Blues. Uh, the Wild would be a really fun series. I I just don't like watching anybody play the Knights. Um, so the Wild. Yes, or the if the Coyotes come in, then them too. But the Wild would be a fun, fun series. Question two: Out of all the teams there, what do you think would be the most fun matchup to watch in the Stanley Cup? In the Stanley Cup. Oh, in the Stanley Cup. So it would go, okay, so it would be interesting. Um, hmm. Uh, I need to think about this. I'm not sure. Wait, if I go to um, that's not giving. I they really messed up the divisions and the conferences, so I don't know because the in the Stanley Cup, the best of the wet, uh, the the best of the the best of the West Conference goes against the East Conference. But I don't know which one is part of that anymore because they messed up the divisions. And it's not telling me where the... I have my answer. Huh? I I think I know which one would be fun just because of the team names. Okay. The Predators and the Penguins. Because penguins are usually looked at as prey, and so predators versus prey. Yeah, that would be weird. Okay. <laughs> if the Leafs are on the Eastern Division, then the, the Leafs and the Avalanche would be pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling between those two. Mm-hmm. Or... The Capitals and the Avalanche. Yeah. The Capitals are... Or the Penguins and the Avalanche. The Penguins have really stepped it up lately. Huh? Yeah, the Penguins passed the Capitals today. Or Uh yesterday, I think. Do you think that has something to do with the Jeff Carter trade? Uh, maybe. I don't know if Jeff Carter did anything, uh, useful, uh, yet 
I know he's been playing with them, but I haven't mm-hmm. been watching Pittsburgh Penguin games, so I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. This is totally off topic. But so I have a smart clock. And so sometimes like I ask, what's the score of the Texas rain? Well, the Rangers game, and it'll give me the New York Rangers instead of the Texas Rangers. Even when the New York Rangers aren't even playing. That's weird. (laughs) All right. So question three. Which of the teams that would be kind of a surprise, like, to make the playoffs? So, like, the Rangers or the Kings, the Sharks, like, which of those teams are most likely to make the playoffs? That are in the West Division? No, anywhere. Anywhere. Well, uh, I just wanted to point this out. Somehow, the Ottawa Senators are be—I mean—are ahead of the Canucks, and they are eliminated. But the Canucks are not eliminated. I just want to point that out. That's off topic, but um, the uh, well, the Sharks would be pretty, pretty huge. Um, the Kings would be pretty, uh, yeah, that, those two would be surprising. Um, that, uh, the Canucks, the Rangers, yeah, those teams, those, I, I don't think will make it, but it will be a huge surprise if they make it. I think. Well, the reason the Canucks are still in it, but the Senators aren't, is because the Canucks have only played 45 games while the Senators have played 51. Yeah, that's that's what I was looking at. So that means the Canucks could get eliminated soon. It looks like the Canucks will be playing a lot against the Oilers because... Oh, they're dead. <laughs> Who? Uh, the Canucks. Oh, yeah. Because the Oilers have only played 49 games. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just pulling up the Golden Knights schedule here, seeing what the chances are that the Avalanche will take the spot. And the Golden Knights are actually playing against some pretty good teams. They're playing. They're going to go against up against. So they're going up against the Wild now. They're going up against the Wild on Wednesday. Then they have the Blues twice. The Avalanche once, and then the Sharks. Mm. While the Avalanche, I I think they have the Kings in there. 
Yeah, they have the Sharks yep. today and Wednesday. Then they have the Kings. Then they have the Golden Knights once. And then they have the Kings again. Mm-hmm. So it it's quite possible that the Avalanche could take first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yep. So question number four. If the Avalanche were to take first place, how much of an advantage would that give them in the long run? Well, uh, if they get well, uh, if they get first place, then they go against the last place team. So that is definitely a <clears throat> definitely a advantage um but i don't see anything else really i mean i mean that would definitely get their pride up i think they would be happier if they they get first place So I'm going to give you a wild card question here. Um, so I remember seeing that the Avalanche are allowing fans into the stands now. Mm-hmm. How much of an advantage will that give them in the playoffs? Well, the home ice advantage has uh, has really been a big deal for every team, especially the Avalanche, because Colorado really likes their Avalanche. But the Avalanche haven't been doing it, too. A lot of the teams have been doing it. Um, Even the Kings have been doing it, and they've been, like, run by the most socialist governor you can get. And then uh, I I don't think the, the Canadians have been doing it. Uh, not the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, like all the Canadians have been doing it, but but a lot of them, like the uh, St. Louis, uh, the Ducks, uh, the Wild. The Wild did it first. Um, I'm not sure about the East teams, but I think they've been doing it too. So that that's good that we're kind of making progress. Yeah, and if the Avalanche get first place, that would also play a role in it too because if they get first place, isn't it like in the NFL, you get more home games? Uh, Yes, actually, yep. So they would get more of a chance to have yeah, that. I, I never really thought of that. Home ice. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're moving on to Mariners and baseball. And while the Mariners have dropped off a little bit, not a whole bunch, they're still doing surprisingly good for such a young team. They're, I mean, this Mariners team, if you were to ask me what the strengths and weaknesses of this team were before the season, I would have said the strengths were the offense and the defense. 
the weakness would be the bullpen. Well, so far, the weakness has been the offense. The defense is still a strength. But the bullpen has been the best in baseball. Mm. They have the best ERA. And I think it's helping our starters be more confident to, like, throw what they throw and, like, be themselves on the mound because they know that they can give a one-run lead to the bullpen and have it closed down most of the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to worry about, like, saving your velocity so that you can go deeper into games to give your team a higher chance of winning. But mm-hmm. it's hard to do that when a lot of your starters are getting hurt. Marco Gonzalez is on the 10-day injured list with a forearms train. Um, And he'll be out for a few starts. It's nothing serious, but you still don't want to see anyone out. Nick Margavichis, he came in for James Paxton when he was hurt. and Well, he's still hurt. And he has a shoulder inflammation. So, we're, our starters are getting hurt left and right. And I was thinking earlier today, if, like, the Mariners should have a team meeting. So, and it would be something like this. All right, so our guys are getting hurt right now. Just, I'm not saying go run yourself into a wall or anything. But if you're going to get hurt, get hurt now so that we can have you in October when you need, when we need you the most. (laughs) Yeah. And the Mariners have also had some pretty tough tests in the past. And I mean, we're not getting an A plus grade, but we're not getting an F. Like we played the Astros and we won that series. We split the series between the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. We split the series between the Red Sox. We played another series against the Astros. We lost that, but that was also when a lot of our starters got hurt. Um, Then we played the Angels, and we just got done with that series. We won that series, and they have one of the best offenses in baseball and now we're hitting a kind of, I won't, we're hitting a, a six game stretch where we can play not such stellar baseball because we're playing two of the worst teams in baseball in the Orioles and the Rangers. So I, I imagine that this will be a good time for them to rest some players like so that they aren't getting hurt. And then we have another test stretch coming up. We have the Dodgers for two games, the Indians for two games. And then we take a brief break of tough games. Then we go to the Padres, the A's. So it's going to be tough coming up and it's really going to test what we have in us 
And so far what I've seen is resilience. Like they won't give up. The other day, LJ Newsom, the guy who came in for Nick Margavich's, who was the guy who came in for James Paxton. He had a rough outing, probably like Jitters not really having experience. He gave up 10 runs. Well, I don't think he gave up 10 runs, but the Mariners gave up 10 runs in the first five innings of that game. Mm-hmm. And we only lost 10 to 5. Right. All right. So now we Grand can start. Yep. Yes. I've got some questions. Unlike me, you actually have a choice to answer them or not. Um, so, uh, has the, uh, I, I, I noticed that the, the schedule is, I think it's wonky. There's been six games in a row. There's been four games in a row. There's been two games in a row. There's supposed to be three games in a row. Has this always been like this? I, I'm. I haven't been watching baseball for long. Um, well, there, it's really only been four games, three games, and two games. And it's always really been like this. It's, well, there's you, this six-game stretch with the Oilers. I mean, the Orioles. Orioles. Oh, okay. So, that was different. So... What ended up happening there was we played, so we were scheduled to play against the Orioles and then the first game, well, it was a scheduled four game series. We were scheduled to play against them the first game. It got rained out. So we played a double header the next game. So it probably looks like there were three games there and then we were supposed to play oh. our third game and then that one got rained out so that makes it look like four and then so we played another double header so that made it look like six i see okay that was my bad um question number two um seattle is kind of close to oakland and oakland is getting up there do you think it's going to stay that way? Do you think it's going to be a war with Oakland and Seattle? Or do you think Seattle's going to go back down as usual and Houston's going to come up and Oakland's just going to take over the show? So right now, the Mariners are in second place. We're battling the Astros for second, and we're actually even battling the A's for first. So right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So do you think that it's going to stay like that? That's my question. I think that provided the Mariners don't run out of gas and they keep fighting all the way through the end of the season and their injuries start, um, like th- their injuries get better and they stop getting injury plagued, that I think that Athletics, the Mariners, the Astros, and even the Angels are going to be fighting 
for the top spot come September. Interesting. Um, because the athletics have been there before. They're, they know what to expect. They're a veteran team. They have good players all around. The Mariners are a young team, and they haven't been there before. So you're going to see some slip-ups, and you're going to see some mistakes that they're going to clean up through the season. But the words, the two words, give up, don't apply for the Mariners. Mm -hmm. So they're going to keep fighting and keep trying every single game. And that's why I think they'll have a chance. And then the Astros, they, so they're recovering from the cheating stuff and like, they're still trying to figure out who they are, I think, but they still have some really good players regardless. Jose mm -hmm. Altuve was good before cheating, so and they're a good ball club. Yeah, I think they could have won that World Series without cheating. It would have been probably harder, but still, and they're starting to get some younger players. And then if the Angels do fall off, it will be no fault of their offense whatsoever. They have one of the best offensive Actually, they have the best offense in baseball. I think coming into the series, they had a 265 batting average, which was the best in baseball. Mm -hmm. And the only thing, their Achilles heel is their starting pitching. And, oh, also the Detroit Tigers have a really good batting average too, 276. Oh, wait, no, that's their win percentage. Mm -hmm. Are you there? Yeah. I'm right. I'm waiting for. Oh, time. you're waiting for the next one. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought you were trying to say something else. Okay. Third question. Wait a minute. I still had. Question. Oh, um, it says. Okay, so who do you think has been the most effective pitcher? For the Mariners? For the, yeah, for the Mariners. That's what I meant. So, I am going to give you three candidates and. I'm not sure if I can uh, say in between, but you say Kikuchi has been really good. He had it against the Astros. He had a no hitter going into the seventh inning. Mm. So, and he's not hurt yet. Knock on wood. Um, so he's been really consistent and reliable so far this season. Um, I talked about the guy coming up earlier, Will Vest, he's, I think he was the Mariners pitcher of the month. And so, like, he's been really good. He's been a part of that really good bullpen that's shutting down opponents. And Kendall Graveman, he 
was not only is he be he's a really good pitcher, but also he he has a great story. So the Mariners picked him up from the Oakland A's after he had Tommy John surgery. Um, he went out last year, started a game. I think he went out in like the fifth inning and they found out that he had an issue in his neck that could, that wouldn't allow him to pitch more than like two innings. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was in the bullpen last year, was decent, and he hit the free agent market. No one signed him, and so the Mariners re-signed him. And Scott Service said that they loved the person. Like, he never, he was never giving up. He was working hard. Like, most people wouldn't want to go from a starting job to a bullpen but he's out there and better than ever. He threw like 90, his fastball was 94 miles an hour before. Now his fastball is 99 miles an hour. And he has been really good. He's been like, I say when, the, when he gets brought into the game, I say, is there a simulate button on this inning? Because I know what's going to happen. It's just going to be zeros. <laughs> but that's – all right, thank you. Um, we have one more question. Uh, so I noticed that the, uh, the Mariners are having tickets. Are other teams doing, these, uh, doing this too, or is it just Seattle? Yeah, a lot of teams are doing it. A lot of teams are bringing fans. And while it's not more than like nine or 10,000 anywhere, it's still better than cardboard cutouts. Exactly. And I think the players love it too, being able to have, like in high pressure situations, being able to have your fans back you up, cheer, cheer for you instead of just having – a sound box play fans cheering or booing and it might not always be accurate. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Um, so that's our last question. That was our last question is the next one. Are you a good sport? Yep. We're going into, are you a good sport? You have a two Oh and one record because we tied our first match. I have an Oh two and one record. Let's see if I can improve mine. You get to choose. Do you want to answer the questions or ask the questions? I want to answer the question first, but I I feel like you're going to go really hard on me. <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> All right. So question one who has won the least amount of Super Bowls? Well, wouldn't that be a tie between a bunch of people? If you can give me the 12 teams that have never won the Super Bowl, I will give you 
Wait. Okay, how about this? If you give me the four teams that have never appeared in the Super Bowl, I will give you four points. If you give me one of them, I will give you one point. If you give me and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, the Browns? Correct. That's one point. They never even made it? They've never made it. You're looking for the teams that have never made it. Okay, okay. Um, the Buccaneers definitely made it. I think Oakland's made it. I don't want to risk Miami. The Bears? No, 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 mm-mm, nope. Sorry. I never said that. Okay. That was not. Mm-mm, that was my sister. Um. It's fine. <laughs> um. This is going to be a boring part of the show. I'm sorry. You know what? One point is fine. I'm just going to quit from there. Rest? I, I'm just going to rest. One point is fine. I, I'm not going to go any further. Okay. I'll tell you the rest. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. The Lions, the Jaguars, and the Texans were the... Okay. Well, I was happy with one point. So, um, question two. Um, How many teams are there in the NBA? The NBA? I don't I don't know anything about basketball. <coughs> um 30 2 points. Oh, I got 30. Wait, two points. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, 30. Yay. Oh, how? Okay. I did it. Yay. Um, All right. How many teams are... Wait, I'm trying to... Here, just a second. Okay, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. How many teams are in the Big Ten. Are in the Big Ten? Yeah. The Big Ten... The Big Ten NCAA Conference. What's the Big Ten? 
It's the Big Ten Conference. That so oh, I have to name every single one. No, just how many teams? Oh, ten. There are actually fourteen. Why don't they call it the Big Fourteen? Because <laughs> it originally started with ten. Oh well, next time say fourteen. They should say fourteen. Okay. <laughs> Is that the last one? Uh, no, that was question three. Ooh. Which backyard sport is named after a stat line in baseball? A, a stat line baseball? A stat line in baseball, yeah. Um... I don't know golf. Wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. Because there's a stat that's wiffle. Wait, no. Yeah, it's. Oh wait, no. I think. I think I got that mixed up. I think I got it mixed up with whip. Oh, yeah. No, there. it's whiff. Yeah. There is whip, though. But there's also whiff. Okay, interesting. All right. So, question number five. Last question. How many teams are there in the MLS? In the MLS? Uh... I'm guessing twenty-eight. Oh my gosh, you were so close. As oh. soon as you said twenty, I was you you were off by one. Twenty seven. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Okay. That was close. All right, you got two points. All right. Okay, first question. When was the, uh, yeah, when was the first American Olympics? The what first, year, what year? The first American Olympics, like, as in the first time America competed in the Olympics? Exactly. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to say uh, okay. 1904. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. The reason I was thinking Jackie Robinson was because he competed in, like, not in the Olympics, but he competed in 
track and field in college. And then he was thinking about doing the Olympics since the Olympics were relatively new. But I also knew that the Olympics were a thing before World War II. Right. Because we're doing a thing about World War II when they were talking about the Olympics. Uh, okay. So, um, next. Can I look up when Jackie Robinson was born? No. Uh, fine. Okay, so how many siblings did um did Wayne Gretzky have that played in the NHL? You caught me off guard. I was thinking it was going to be about that. This question was going to be about the NFL. Oh, well, let's see. Feel like this is a trick question. It's not. Three. One. 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 Okay. He had four siblings. One of them played in the NHL, and he only had one goal. Um. The next question is also about Wayne Gretzky. When did he start skating? When did he start skating? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, not like what year, what age? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so he either started skating before he learned how to walk or he started skating right before high school. Um, where is he from? Canada, but I don't know where in Canada. Okay. I'm going to say uh, the age of 14. I, I'm, this is going to surprise you. He started skating when he was two years old. Okay. He he just started skating. He didn't need any lessons. He just got on the ice. What did you do? <laughs> yeah, like I said, he either started skating before he learned how to walk. Yeah. Or pretty crazy. All right. Uh, so that's question three. Uh, that was question three. Yep. Okay. I. Oh, man, I have one more question about Wayne Gretzky. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ran out of ideas. Um, What team did he play for that he only uh, lasted a month in? Or, sorry, not a month, less than a year. Okay. Um, so he went from the Oilers... To the Kings, to I, th I think Kansas City. So I'm gonna say whatever team is in Kansas City. 
Kansas City doesn't have a team. Uh, St. Louis Blues. That's what I was thinking, yes. Uh-huh. I was, yeah. My mind was thinking Kansas City because of the blue color. Oh. Because the Kansas City Royals. Oh. <laughs> okay. And Kansas City and um, St. Louis are in the same state. Yeah. So you have one more question. <coughs> I feel like you know the answer to this one. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe you don't. Every time you say that, I don't know the answer. Okay, good. So, um, where, uh, okay, where was the Colorado Avalanche? Which city was Colorado Avalanche before they were in Colorado? Once again, I don't know it. Uh, let's see. I need to go for the Hail Mary. So I'm guessing they changed their name. Um, they did? Yeah, they did change their name. Okay. So um, you could do it. I'm going to say Anaheim. Mmm, Quebec. Mmm. I was thinking Anaheim because it surprised me that the, that the Anaheim Mighty Ducks did, like, weren't a team until after the Mighty Ducks movies. Yeah. And so I was thinking maybe they their team got moved and so they got a new team. Yeah. I like how my knowledge of hockey is based on a movie. I know. <laughs> I think well, that's it for the episode. Yep. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we also thank Anchor for making it possible. <laughs>